Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos Podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I'm recording at 6.30 a.m., in the morning. And so I'm in my pajamas. Isn't that special? You get to see my tiger, leopard, or whatever print pajamas that I'm in today. And I'm going to be talking to a psychologist, Dr. Melissa Riley. Uh, she is a psychologist and she is a coach, a parent coach, and she is a parent herself of two boys. So she got her doctorate of psychology from the University of Hartford in 1999. And she's been a licensed psychologist in the state of Pennsylvania for 22 years. She's also the co-founder of a private practice where she has a thriving clinical practice and she works with people as a licensed psychologist. So she's a licensed psychologist and a coach. Uh, she is passionate about helping moms who have been separated from their moms, either by physical distance or by estrangement, or by actual death. She helps moms without moms move through feelings of insecurity, isolation, overwhelm, chaos, and grief as a part of developing resilience. And she's going to go into talking about her plan that she has for helping people overcome uh, this hardship that they have uh, endured, uh, loss, grief, and uh, then she's going to give us some tips and techniques to use on holidays for anybody who has lost or been estranged from their moms. And I know that Mother's Day is coming up. So that's when we plan. We plan to air this podcast episode on the week before Mother's Day so that you all can be prepared to calm the chaos, especially if you've lost a mom. So I would like to now welcome Melissa Riley to Calming the Chaos podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tracy. It's my pleasure to be part of your show. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm so happy to talk about this topic because it comes up a lot with my female clients who have lost their mothers or are estranged from them. Uh, they've cut off from them. Uh, I just love that you don't limit yourself to death as a separation mm -hmm. because there are separations other than other than death. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do as a clinical psychologist and uh, a coach for Moms Without Moms. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, you know, as you said, my name is uh, Melissa Riley, and I've been a psychologist for 22 years. And in my work that I do with uh, clients, one of the things I recognized was this group of women, which I am one of, um, Moms Without a Moms, that they experienced some difficulties and hardships that were, were really unique um, to other moms without moms. And so in working with these women, 
I recognized that there were three common factors. So there was an experience of grief often. So this is a longing or sadness related to the loss of the mom you've had or the loss of a mom that you would have liked to have had in your life when you became a, a mother. Um, so whether you were separated by death, distance or estrangement, there was still this sadness over not having a mother figure in your life while you were raising your children. The second component that I noticed was common for all of these women was difficulty with community. So we don't have a go-to person um, that a mom typically functions as for most women. So we've had to build a community very intentionally uh, because our mother isn't there to support or guide us. And then the third thing that is in common is some difficulty in recognizing who we are as a mom when we don't have our own mother to, to mirror off of, right? So who are we when, you know, either there isn't a mom present or the mom that we grew up with isn't a healthy model for us to, to follow. So, so that is why I made the decision to begin my coaching program, which um, focuses specifically on moms without a mom. And now I, I'm not sure, are you actually a mom without a mom? I am. So... I lost my mother to death um, when I was 25 years old. And unfortunately, um, she died um, unexpectedly. Um, and we had a falling out just eight months prior. And so we were estranged. Um, and and you know, like I said, there wasn't the opportunity for us to work that out prior to her death. Um, and ironically, we, we lived in different states from the time I was 21. So I actually fall into all three of those categories, um, at least prior to her, her death. But I was physically distanced for um, you know, my adult life and then uh, emotionally distanced for the last eight months. And then she passed. So I did not have my son until I was just shy, um, just days shy of 38. So I had you know, many years between the time I lost my mom to the time I became pregnant. So I, you know, had gone through grief process. You know, I had missed my mother. I had had, you know, many milestones occur in my life from the time she died to the, to the uh, you know, before my son was born. So I, I really felt like I had um, become quite comfortable with the grief process and knew what life was like not having a mother. And then uh, when I became pregnant, I discovered just how wrong I was. <laughs> um, prior to my pregnancy with, with my, my son, I had three miscarriages. So the whole uh, process of um, giving birth was uh, quite difficult. And so there were many times that I had longed for and wished to have a mom to talk to about those things and to understand what her experience had been like and um, just to have that emotional support that that moms often provide, or at least what we wish they would provide. Um, and so when my son was finally born, 
um, I was really taken off guard and surprised by just how much the loss of her uh, impacted me. Mm. So not only uh, having endured the three forms of separation from mm -hmm. your mother, uh, but then going through, I guess, some healing from just that. And yes. then this whole new layer comes up when you actually become a mom yourself, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's really important for listeners to recognize that grief isn't just this linear thing that we go through and then we're, we're done with, right? It is normal to have um, grief become intense again at different times in our life, particularly when different milestones occur or when there are circumstances that remind us of something that we experienced with the, the loss of a loved one. Right. Yes. And I know that when we'll talk about this, I'm sure a little later, but yeah, monumental milestones such as mom's birthday or mother's yes. day, family holidays, things that used to be really special or maybe weren't so special, but they still remind you of, of that connection that you had or disconnection that you had uh, with your mom. Right. Yes, absolutely. So your own journey has actually brought you to do this work, which qualifies mm -hmm. you, in my opinion, not like you're not already qualified being a psychologist and having all the training and you're licensed in your state, uh, but you also have this ability to do the coaching piece because mm -hmm. you've actually lived it, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it took me a number of years to really recognize what I was experiencing, right? So... I knew I was at higher risk for postpartum depression uh, because of you know, uh, different family factors and so forth. But um, not having my mother present, right, also increased my risk for that. I didn't realize. And in my experience, I believe a large number of women are identified as having postpartum depression, but it's actually a grief process they're experiencing. So even if the uh, depressive symptoms are addressed or identified, which oftentimes they aren't, the underlying grief goes unrecognized and therefore the mother continues to feel uh, you know, the distress and discomfort that that's creating. And so that's, that's unfortunate um, because again, here I am somebody that that knows those things, right, professionally, and still struggle to recognize that actual root of what I was experiencing. And so are you saying that uh, many women who have postpartum depression, even if they haven't lost their moms, right? Because I know plenty of people struggle with postpartum depression when they haven't lost their moms. Are you saying that that is part of a grieving process? And uh, if so, what are they grieving? Well, what I'm saying is for those moms that have lost their mother, you know, either by separation, distance, or death, that those symptoms could be grief, and I think often are. So if, if a mom isn't grieving the loss of, of someone or a circumstance, then the depression may not, is not likely grief. But we... You know, the, the grief includes the experience of, of longing, something being missing, right? A resurgence of memories 
both pleasant as well as difficult. Um, those conversations in our heads with, with people that either we've had or we wish we were having. Um, and those all are really consistent with the grief process. Yeah, and I would also imagine too, especially in your case, the the grief that comes along with uh, not having a grandma uh, be able to know your your sons or their grandchildren, right? Because of the gap and when she died and when you actually had mm -hmm. your sons, right? And so yeah. I can think of a, a lot of, now that you just started rolling with some of them, I can think of a lot uh, of, of grief uh, process. And, and yes. uh, so that's really, I guess, a very important part of, of giving birth, right? Absolutely. And, and what's uh, amazing, Tracy, is how many women actually then start to feel guilty that they don't have a uh, maternal grandmother for their child, right? As if it's something we've done. But yet, you know, it's unfortunately something where, you know, aren't able to provide to our children and therefore guilt gets irrationally triggered. Mm. Yes, and uh, from a lot of my clients, I have seen and heard their stories, and they don't have mothers. The one of the most popular things they wish that they were able to do is to ask their mom a question or ask their moms mm -hmm. some questions. Now, fortunately, I still have my mom, so I can ask her. In fact, we were just texting the other day. Well, yesterday was my birthday, so uh -huh. and then it's interesting because then in two weeks it's going to be Mother's Day. Yeah. So, so then how are some ways, you mentioned three ways that uh, Moms Without Moms can, um, you know, develop this resilience. So you said overcoming hardship was the first way. Can you go into a little bit more detail about how, how Moms Without Moms can go and, and overcome hardship to develop some resilience through this? Well, uh, first of all, the, the, fact of being a mom without a mom means you've gone through something difficult, right? So resilience isn't based on simple knowledge and skills, right? The first step it, towards resilience is the experience of hardship and then persevering through it. So hardship comes in many, many forms. And I think most of us in life have experienced them, right? And so if you've lost your mother, right? Or you're separated from your mother, then the that in and itself is a hardship. And so what are the things that you are doing to continue to um, live in a very healthy, uh, appropriate way, right? And then persevering through that helps to um, move you along on that path of resilience, right? And so, there are several factors that help. One is building a community. So I mentioned earlier that moms without a mom don't have that go-to person. So it is really important for us to become really intentional about creating a sense of community. And I like to talk about having four people as our um, essential members of our mom community. And so they include first, um, the wise woman, so this is the person that, like you said, we get to ask questions of. So this is the person that tends to know things. So um, this can be another family member, it can be a friend, but it can also be a professional. So this is somebody you can ask advice of um, or just, again, not understanding something. And then the second person is an emotional supporter. So this is somebody you can talk to and they will just listen.
So they don't try to cheer you up. They don't give advice. They just listen. Mm -hmm. The third person I think we all need, and this is the go-getter. So this is the person that knows how to get things done. So when you are overwhelmed and you've got five loads of laundry waiting in your house to get done, this is the person you can call up and they will just take it, get it done and put it back on your porch before you blink an eye um, and not ask any questions. And then the fourth person is the late night talker. So this is the person you can call at any hour and they'll just be available. Now it's important, right? That we recognize the strengths of our friends or the people in our life because we don't meet all four of those expectations, right? So for example, I'm a good listener, not surprising, right? <laughs> and um, you know, at this point, I, I'm a wise woman in many aspects, but I am not a good go-getter. <laughs> I still have laundry sitting in my washing machine from last week, right? So <laughs> even though I would want to be that friend to go and like get all that stuff done, I'm not good at it, right? So we know the, the strengths of the people in our life. And then we ask them, you know, based on those strengths, then we get the assistance we need. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're like me, Tracy, but it's hard to ask for help, right? And, and many moms, we feel like a burden, right? There's something wrong with us if, if we can't get it done by ourselves. But that just is not accurate. It's not true. We aren't a burden and we are not physiologically designed to provide everything for our families. We are built as human beings to live within a community. So if you have four people, right? And you ask somebody for help for one hour once a month, none of your friends would bat an eyelash to help for one hour once a month. I don't care how busy you are. We all have an hour once a month to assist a friend in need. So if you have four people, and you spread that out, guess what? You've got an hour of assistance every week. And that makes a huge difference. Wow. When you break it down that way, first off, that sounds amazing. And choosing your friends and choosing them wisely is, is very good, very wise advice, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, but then fi finding them and then utilizing them in that specific fashion, I would have never thought of that. So that is how you build your community. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember, you can have professionals as part of that community. So for example, you know, my son's early learning center, the teachers there, they were my wise women, right? Because there were things I didn't know anything about. In fact, I didn't even know I didn't know them. Right? So I have a funny story. Though um, so I nursed my son, right? But I also pumped to provide um, milk so that when he went to his early learning center, he could be fed, right? But when he was with me, I nursed. So one day the teacher said to me, you know, Melissa, what are your thoughts about going up on a nipple size? I just looked at her and my jaw dropped. What? What are you talking about a nipple size? I had no idea nipples came in different sizes, like the holes, none at all. <laughs> and she's like, so, so she had to explain that to me, you know, so she told me, no, they come in different sizes as they get older, you know, and he's really struggling. And so I was like, so she's, are you okay with that? I'm like, sure, I'll get some, what, what size do I ask for? Like she had to tell me <laughs> because I didn't know. I had no idea this was a thing. So, so she told me, well, I can laugh about it now, Tracy, but when I walked out of there, I cried. 
I felt like the world's worst mother in the world, and I felt so stupid and embarrassed. I couldn't believe I didn't know something that seemed so basic. But again, here is just one example, right, of the many things that happen. When we don't have somebody in our life during these times, kind of guiding and showing us, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got over my embarrassment and realized I, I need to, to, to let go of that, right? I need to rely on these people because I didn't have other people in my life. And so, again, it is really appropriate and okay to include in your tribe professionals, right? And, and, you know, if you don't have those people, you know, in your friendship groups, think outside the box. Again, reach out. They're, they're, you know, in ways that you may not have imagined. You know, and again, professionally, teachers, counselors, therapists, coaches are good places to start. Yeah, I think it's really important uh, for people to know that uh, professionals are there for wise counsel and also uh, to listen and to hold space mm -hmm. for you. So they may not be that late night friend or a person who does the laundry for you or does any household tasks, but they can actually serve two roles uh, in your in your community or in your tribe, as you say. Absolutely. And, uh, be able to help you form that community. Without a doubt, absolutely. Yeah, it's really important. Yes, and it, it's so important, you know, for us as women listening to this to recognize that when you go through something difficult, it is difficult, right? And to give yourself the grace and the, you know, patience and the compassion to feel what you're feeling, you know, we are not expected to just snap our fingers and be our normal, happy, healthy selves, right? When you go through something, it takes time. And having intense emotion doesn't mean you're broken or there's something wrong with you. So when you, when you grieve, right, when you lose somebody, it is painful. It is physically painful. It is difficult. And it's supposed to be. And that's okay, you don't, again, there isn't something wrong with you because you're still grieving, right? I want you to recognize that it's all right to feel what you're feeling. You can feel that and still be able to go through your day-to-day -day experiences and activities. You may need more rest. You know, things may take you uh, longer. You may need additional assistance, but all of that is okay and, and important and healthy. Yes, I agree. And so when we go through hardships, sometimes the tendency is not to ask for help. I think earlier you had mentioned that, yeah, I don't know about you, but it's sometimes difficult to ask for help. And, and most of the time people don't understand that others, especially your friends or your community, really do want to help, even if it is just to, to hold space for you and yes. your grief. It's, it's almost like it's a, a shameful thing to be sad or to be depressed, like I'll just get through this by myself. Uh, and then so people are maybe not wanting to reach out, but I would encourage people as well as a therapist to reach out to the people who are are trusted. I think trust is a big part of it as well. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to just go ahead and dump our stuff on people we don't trust. Right. Absolutely. And part of that that trusting is is in knowing, right? And and it's really important to to know the people, you know, so that you can trust them in a way that they're able to fulfill what you're wanting, right? Mm -hmm. So 
again, it would not be appropriate for me to ask my, my one good friend to listen to me um, when that's not who she is. She's more of a go-getter, right? And so I'm going to feel you know, disappointed and unsatisfied when she's really quick to change the subject and to get on to something different, right? But I'm not really being fair to her because I, I, you know, I know that about her, right? Whereas a different friend is the person that I will go to to just express my emotion. But I know she isn't going to be the one that can drop everything and, and help me out with something physical because that's not who she is. So be on the lookout for those people who you can invite into your community to form your community and be able yes. to call on them if necessary. And then I believe it's reciprocal as well. Like okay. I know what I'm capable of and I can offer that to these people as well. Yes. Yes. And it's so much more helpful to actually, when you say, if you need anything, give me a call, right? Say, hey, I'm a really good listener. And so when you're struggling, give me a call. I'll be right there. Right. So, so let them know what you're good at. Right. Yeah. Don't just say if you need anything. Right. Cause that's so darn generic. Right. We all say that, but that's like saying, hello, how are you? <laughs> well, and, par and then the third part of developing the resilience you had mentioned earlier is living by values. And so do you want to talk a little bit about values. And I, I've talked about it on this show. In fact, I think possibly a couple of episodes ago, I talked to uh, Verena Redligmeier, and she's from Vienna, Austria. And she talked a lot about values and about how people know that they have them, but they don't really say that they're values. Like, like people who watch true crime shows, they value like justice and truth and discovery right. and learning. And so those are the values that people have just mm -hmm. to sort of define them. And how would you use values into helping moms without moms develop resilience uh, in their lives? Well, like you said, we often don't even recognize what they are. So we can't, you know, it becomes really difficult for us to, to, think about are we living by them, right? And so I think especially new moms in today's society that's social, so prone to social media is we get caught up in what everybody else is doing, right? And, and the shoulds, right? There are a million and one self-help books, right? There are tons of parenting books. You know, there are all these, you know, strategies that you can follow, right? but none of them work for everybody. And the first step you need to take is recognizing what's going to work for you and what's gonna work for you is gonna be based on your own values. So you know, kind of looking at what are those longstanding enduring principles that you live your life based on. And I, you know, a technique that I like is, you know, get a journal and just start thinking about, well, you know, what's really important to me and just kind of jot them down and you can do a, you know, a search values. What are values, right? And you can find words, you know, that the actual words aren't important, but, you know, and just put one down on, on a page in your journal, right? And then as you go through the day, you know, over the next several weeks, at the end of the day, just kind of reflect, oh, okay. You know, if, if kindness is a value of mine, where did I see that today? right? Oh, okay. You know, there was a, a gentleman at the store that had one item and I had a cart full. I let him in front of me. 
oh, there's an example of kindness, right? I, I lived that, I did that. And, and start making it concrete and real, right? Kind of recognize so they're not just these abstract concepts, but how are we living them out? And sometimes we can really then identify, oh, wait a minute, but really, you know, I think kindness is important, but I'm not seeing it anywhere in my life. Is it really important or is it, is it something that, you know, I just want to see myself as, right? And so what do I need to do there? And so why understanding and recognizing our values becomes really important for moms in particular is because, like I said, there are lots of different strategies. And so, you know, um, particularly in parenting. And so if um, structure and order is really important to you, then you may be more directive in your parenting. Whereas if creativity exploration is really important, then you may be more free range in your parenting, right? One style is not better than the other. What happens if there's a um, lack of congruence in that style with both the mom and then with, with the child, right? So you need to recognize who you are so that you can then make the best choices when you're parenting and feel good about who you are. Otherwise, we're always left feeling like we aren't living up to the expectations of others. So, and whether your mom is living or not living, our values may look different than our mother's values. And that's okay. So when we make choices that look different than our mother's and that creates some um, conversation or even discord, again, if we are living by our values, we're okay. We're making the right choices. We just may not know all the tools yet, but if you're living by your values, you're, you're gonna be just fine. I love what you just said about our values not being congruent uh, with our mother's values or, or even our father's values, any parent's values that we discover on our own. And a journal is a really good way to be able to, to do that. Like this was, mm -hmm. this really meant a lot to me. And uh, I write it down and I realize that, oh, the theme here is kindness or the theme here is uh, gentleness or, or honesty or something. And so through that process, you get to realize that I, I was just thinking of an example of um, my my own mother and uh, her mom didn't have a mom. Uh, now, I remember my grandma very well, and she was one of those go-getters, right? She would get things done. And uh, my mom is, I think her values were more of like spending, you know, spending time or, or being in quiet, like, community with people. And uh, and so they did have a little different value system there. Uh, and they worked together, though. They, they they really did because they, instead of being, you know, uh, conflictual, uh, they were actually complementary uh, to each other. And so, yeah, my mom was very creative. And she, like, really valued, like, spending time just doing these kind of, like, uh, interesting projects, whether it be cooking. Uh, my grandma, she was sweeping floors and she was, you know, shelling the beans and she was getting things organized and, and they worked great together as, as well. So um, thank you so much for talking about those, the value piece of it, because I, I do want my audience to continue to understand that you just develop a knowledge of what you stand for and what you value and it's all okay, right? Yes. You're all different. Yes, absolutely. 
So what are some of the tips that you can possibly offer either moms without moms or people in general who have lost their mothers uh, through estrangement, like you said, uh, separation through being in a different states geographically and or death uh, in the upcoming, like we're coming up on Mother's Day. Mother's Day is gonna be in a couple of weeks. What kind of advice or uh, information or tips could you offer somebody who's lost a mom? Yes, absolutely. So a few things, all right, first and foremost, Give yourself permission to experience the sadness and grief, right? You're going to feel that and that's okay. So give yourself that space. And I usually recommend that literally you plan out the space that you're going to put it in. All right. So um, honor uh, the memory or honor the person in some way. Um, that can be examples would be, you know, a, a morning letter that you write, right? Lighting a candle, per, you know, planting a flower as a memorial or as an honor, right? Or a tribute to your mom. And in the cases when it's an estrangement, what I recommend, honestly, is something very similar. But this being more intentional, okay, I am recognizing that this is who you are in my life and I am honoring what I would hope we could have had, right? And so I'm recognizing we don't have what I wanted it to be. So I'm giving that voice and I'm recognizing celebrating it and I'm putting it aside, right? Because when we give it time, then we can step aside away from it. So I recommend whatever tribute or ritual or honor that you're going to do. I actually recommend having it be pretty early in the day. So then after you've done that, the next thing is to recognize, you know, especially if you are a mother, right? But this is your day. You're a mother. You can honor yourself as well. And I encourage all moms to take some ownership of Mother's Day, right? I hear so many moms feel disappointed, you know, that that you know the the um, other parent of their child hasn't done something, right? Or that their children, whether they're little or adults, haven't honored them in a way that felt good. And and I say it's really okay to to celebrate it yourself, right? Take ownership of it. It's it's your day. Make it what you want. And throughout the day, right, have at least one thing that you do specifically and intentionally that celebrates you. And then the rest of the day, as those memories or those thoughts pop up, give yourself permission to recognize, okay, nope, I've already honored that. I'm going to refocus my attention on right now. Mm -hmm. So as it comes up, acknowledge, oh, I've already thought about that. I've already done that. Put it aside and refocus on what you're doing in that moment. Mm. That takes practice, right? So the more you do that, the more you recenter yourself into your present, the easier it gets. But on Mother's Day or on any other time, right, when this becomes, uh, you know, a difficult day, you know, those are the, th the three things that I think become really important. Mm. Give it a specific time and, and do some type of ritual, right? Celebrate yourself through that time as well, right? 
and then continue to redirect to your present moment when memories intrude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've, I do that with worry, but when people are mm-hmm. chronic worriers, I will suggest to them, set aside a time to worry, 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 worry. And then later on, when you find yourself worrying again, remember, oh, that's right. I've already worried about that and I've put it away. It's sort of the same concept, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a a skill that is so helpful to build, right? Because like all skills, the more we do it, the better it becomes, right? And so so you give it its time and space and then just redirect your, your attention. We have, uh, there's an ancient Hawaiian practice called the Ho'oponopono, and I'll link to it below in the notes. Uh, There's a a lovely song that uh, one of my buddies wrote for me to put a backdrop to doing this Ho'oponopono. And what it is, is it's if you've lost connection with somebody, and either by distance or by death or by estrangement, anything that you had even mentioned before, uh, that you can visualize a connection, whatever that looks like. And usually it involves a, a, a little bit of intuition about maybe a chord from your heart to theirs or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want to put out there to connect with that person so that you can't, if you can't do it in a physical way. I know I had introduced this concept a lot during COVID, uh, during the pandemic, people were separated and couldn't see each other, couldn't hold each other. And I was suggesting this practice uh, as well. So some of the listeners can possibly check that out if they're interested in going through a visualization practice uh, based in uh, Hawaii, my Hawaiian yeah. heritage. Now that sounds very helpful, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can share the screen here. We've had your website up here. It's uh, momswithoutamom.com. And so I'm just going to go ahead and take that off the screen for just a second. And I would like to be able to try and share the screen with you. All right. Are you seeing that okay? Yes, I am. Awesome. Well, so here we are at your front page of your website. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, what you offer uh, for services here? I see that you have a complimentary call. You have some free resources. What do you want to say about your website here? Absolutely. So I would invite any listener that would like to go ahead and give me a call. And I am offering, you know, a 30 minute complimentary call. So I would be happy to help, you know, you develop a strategy to create your community of moms, to provide some guidance with regards to healing through grief. Um, And so if you go to the website, you can just push that button. And then I have two resources um, for uh, listeners. One is the Enjoy Being a Mom Again uh, Quick Guide. And that helps moms that of children of any age that find themselves longing um, for their mom or feelings of their mom getting in the way of them being present. And so it provides a strategy for bringing their awareness back to the present. And then I have another resource um, that's not on that page, which is designed specifically for moms of babies. And this is actually good for any mom, um, but particularly moms without a mom. And it provides six um, strategies for self-care when you cannot step away from your baby. So it's six self-care tips that you can do with your baby present. 
So they're both available as well. Awesome. So now is that on the resources section? Yes. Yep. That would be on the, the free resources tab. Okay. So let's see if we can pull that up so that sure. people can see that. And we'll go ahead and try and see if this works. All right, so this, can you see this screen? Yes, I can. All right, so this is the free resources yep. screen. Also yep. has a button there that says a schedule a complimentary call. So you yep. just have to click that button. And uh, it looks like the resources are right here. Yep, those are both. Ah, yes. Enjoy being a mom again. Quick guide. And then care for yourself while you care for your baby. And these are both free guides. I know yep. a couple of people who could use the one for the baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, they I, I would love if they they you know take a look at that. So um, I used all the strategies. So <laughs> yeah, I can personally good. vouch for them. That's good. And they have, and so she's got her friendly face, wanting to connect, complimentary call. And she's got a you got a beautiful website here. I just love just looking at it. And Thank um, you. and I'm happy that I'm here too, for sure. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say about maybe any products or services you have to offer or any uh, tips or techniques that you have for uh, moms without moms? Well, the most important one is that you are not alone. There are a lot of us out there that are separated from our moms, either by physical distance, emotional estrangement, or death. And yet there are so few of us that talk about it. So it is difficult. It does create a sense of heaviness. And so there isn't something wrong with you. It's just the nature of being a mom without a mom. And so I want you to know that you're okay right? Reach out. Let's connect. I'd be happy to provide some support to help you find your mom community. Um, and, you know, you are resilient, right? You're going through something hard and you're persevering. Right. And so we've got some social media links that we're going to list in the show notes. Uh, here's the Instagram one that we have uh, that you can check out. Uh, follow Melissa there. And then you also have a Facebook group yep, I have as well. a Facebook page. Yep. And that's my name, Melissa Riley Saidi. Right. So that's, uh, I, I don't have the banner on the screen, but it's going to be in the descriptions for the notes. Uh, and that is, uh, is that Dr. Dot Melissa Riley or is that Melissa Riley Saidi? It's Melissa Riley Saidi. Ah, there you go. So look yeah. her up on Facebook. I don't know if you have a community of moms. I don't, I will be, I will be launching one soon. Um, but the, I don't have that yet. But, but um, by the summer, I hope to have a, a Facebook group um, and it'll be Moms Without a Mom, probably with my name as well, because I think there is one group. Um, so yeah, but that's in the works. Good. Well, I was so happy to have you here. I am so happy to have you here. And um, all the sage advice and routines, things that you can do, just practical things. And and uh, they were just so organized. I appreciate you and the work that you do. Uh, take good care. And thank you so much for being a guest on Calming the Chaos today. Well, it was my pleasure, Tracy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If the information in this podcast has been helpful, please consider subscribing. 
and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can also go to our podcast website at www.calmingthechaospodcast.com, where you can listen to all Calming the Chaos podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.